0: Welcome, welcome. Uh, good morning. My name is Nick. If you don't know who I am, uh, I've been around here for a little while. Um, and this morning, I get to share with you guys. I'm excited to do that. Uh, real quick, before we get to, before we get started, I want to uh, just pass out uh, piece, pieces of pen, pieces of paper, and pens. If you don't, it looks like they already started. You guys are on top of things. Nice. All right. If you don't have a tiny piece of paper. Or a pen. Just raise your hand. These guys are going to come take care of you real quick. Wow, that is impressive. There's like three. All right, how many of you uh, remember Pastor John's message from, it would have been two weeks ago? Who remembers? Anybody? This is a real question you can actually answer. Raz, you got it. Who remembers what the Raz is? Reticular activating system. system. Okay, very good, very good. All right, so if you weren't here, I'm going to catch you up a little bit. Uh, It's called, it's the reticular activating system. Uh, And Pastor John talked about that. And I thought it was, I was actually sitting here. I knew that I was going to be speaking today. And I'm sitting down there, I'm going, this dude is stealing bits and pieces of my sermon. Like that's I was gonna talk about some of that stuff, and so I thought what I would do is kind of just add on to what he was what he talked about, kind of do a little bit of part two, and then and then kind of expand it a little bit. So we're gonna do a little bit of review today, but I how, what did you guys? Okay, I've already asked you some actual questions, so this rest of the time will be uh, rhetorical questions. Uh, now that I got you answering, I don't want to have to be answering all day. Uh, so I thought it was a really really great message. I thought it was a different kind of message that wasn't so much an expounding on the scriptures, which I think is really important in the church. In fact, that should be what most of what we do and talk about. But I think sometimes it's good to talk about just how we are as humans because we're humans and we do weird things and we come up with weird ideas and sometimes we need some help to get directed back in a good spot. I know that's how I am. So I really appreciated that message and I really loved what we were doing. But I also was thinking about how um, so many times... We hear a message in church, and then I hear it, I'm like, oh my gosh, that was so good. I don't usually hear that, that was great. Monday, I, I didn't even get that far. I'm just like, oh man, that was really great. And then uh, I go down and get my kids, or you go do whatever, you go out, you go get lunch, and then you crash, or you do whatever in the afternoon, and that sermon is gone. Like, left your brain completely, you have no idea, like Monday morning, someone go, hey, did you hear that sermon, what was it about? I missed it on Sunday. You'd be like, I don't, I couldn't tell you. I, I'm sorry. I, it was good. I remember that I liked it, but I, I, don't remember. I don't remember what it was. It was good, though. It was good. You should come next week. It's a good. It's, good. Sermons there, but we forget. We forget, and so like I'm that way. Um, and so I just want to start off by challenging myself, challenging all of you. Not just because I'm speaking today, um, but <laughs> we've got to find a way to like let this stuff because like actually penetrate and make change to our lives. Because that's what we really want, right? We come to church to gather together, to get to know people, to worship together, to build relationships, to hear and learn about God, and hopefully apply it to our lives so that it's not just we're Christians in this room, but we're Christians everywhere we go. Um, And so these words need to penetrate our hearts. So I challenge you guys, I challenge myself and my family, we've got to find ways to actually let this stuff penetrate us and uh, change our lives. So maybe that means you... Take notes. Maybe that means you put reminders in your phone. Um, we have our sermon. Uh, all the sermons, actually, the whole services go on Facebook and on YouTube, so you can you know listen to them o- other times. If it, you thought it was good, but you can't remember anything that happened. Uh, so I encourage us, encourage everybody, just to actually let's see if we can find ways to let the stuff that happens in here affect us the rest of the week and actually make change to our lives. So I thought this was really good. This word was really good. So we're going to talk about it again. We're going to talk about your RAS, which is, you know, it's a fancy word, reticular reticular activating system. Really, it's the filter you see life through. It's the filter your brain develops to see and view life. It's your mindset, is maybe a simpler way to put it. So we're going to talk about shaping your mindset. We're going to talk about how to keep your mindset in a good place. And we're going to talk about how to fix your mindset if it's in a bad place which I'm sure we all have a little bit of. So we're going to take it in two different directions, a little bit inward and a little bit outward. We're going to look at how it affects ourselves and things that we believe about ourselves and about God, and also further out into friendships, work relationships. But first I want to kind of review, just because I know not everyone was here, and if you were here, you probably forgot most of it. So... Um, Pastor John talked about, here's some some quotes, some points, and some paraphrases from his his sermon a few weeks ago. Uh, The first was uh, Proverbs uh, 23, 7. As a man thinks in his heart, so he is. Just think about that for a second. Whatever you think, whatever you believe, that's how you are. That's who you are. Your perception is is what you live life through. If you walk around believing that nobody likes you, it doesn't matter how many people actually like you, you believe they don't. And so your perception becomes reality, and you live through this. And so often, it actually happens behind the scenes in your subconscious, and you don't even realize it. We're walking around with all these, really these ungodly beliefs about God, about ourselves, about other people, false beliefs, and these become our realities. So as a man thinks, so is heart, so is so so as a man thinks in his heart, so he is. What you think and believe has an effect on everything, especially relationships. This is a quote: a positive raz or positive mindset in the hands of a wife that is submitted to the Holy Spirit looks like a gold miner mining out all the good things of her husband. When you have a positive mindset, you're looking for the good. Let's flip that around. A positive mindset in, in, in the husband, it it's him looking for all the good stuff in his wife, or his boss, or himself, or God. If you're looking for the good stuff around you, you'll find it. If you're looking for the bad, you'll find that too. When you look, What you look for your mind will continue to show you. There is gold in all of the people around you. You just haven't been trained yet to find it. Instead, you tell yourself, that person, is. she's just lazy. My wife is just lazy. My husband is just lazy. Never does, it. never takes the garbage out. She never does this, doesn't do that. And so guess what happens? You always see that stuff. And Pastor John ended, he, he challenged us to renew your mind, let God renew your mind, and to audit your RAS or your mindset. So here's my rhetorical question. Did you? Did you audit your mindset? Did you audit your RAS? Did you think through? Did you remember the sermon? Did you take it to heart? Did you look at your life and go, what are the things, what are the mindsets that I have that are negative? Did you let God renew your mind? Let's pray. Father, we uh, all have stuff. I ask that, Father, today you would uh, renew our minds, that you would point out the stuff. You'd help us to audit our minds, even right here, right now, in the next 30 minutes or so. Lord, you would reveal to us the things that we believe that are ungodly, that are untrue, and that affect everything that we do. Lord, help us to be more like you. Renew our minds. We invite you now, with Holy Spirit. We open ourselves to you. Come, Lord. Amen. Amen. All right. So let's continue our review. So I came up with this graphic. It's the first one here. Uh, so this is the Raz. This is your uh, this is your brain. I guess I didn't make it. Your brain, this little brain there in the middle. You can't see it, I guess. That's kind of there, a tiny bit there. So this is your res This is your mindset, your belief, your filter. It's everything you see life through. It works behind the scenes in your subconscious. It creates your mindset. It shapes everything. It filters out uh, the stuff you don't need to know. We're taking in so much information, our brains can't possibly understand it or comprehend it or even pay attention to it. So your RAS basically filters out the stuff you don't need to know. So a good example of that is, is uh, let's say, so I'm at home. I work from home. I have a home office. My home office is right outside uh, the kitchen door or the, ki- the kitchen. And so if I were to sit there and I would, cl- if I closed my eyes, I actually did this while I was preparing for this, and I was like, let me think all the things I can hear. All right, I can hear the music I have playing in here. I hear the fan and heater I have in here. I hear my wife teaching, homeschooling our kids. I hear the music or the radio playing in the kitchen. I can hear the ice dripping or the the snow melting off the roof, the dog down the door, there's a siren down the street. Uh, I can hear our other two kids playing in the other room, and I can hear um, uh, uh, all the toys, all this stuff. I could go on and on. If I heard and paid attention to those things the whole time I was working, I never get anything done but my brain goes all that stuff is nothing you need to worry about buddy i'm like okay thanks cool i'll just keep over here and i can you filter all that stuff out but that works with emotional stuff too so it's not only just working with the the everyday stuff it's also working with your emotional stuff it chooses what you focus on so whatever whatever you focus on like pastor john uses example if you're buying a new car you go buy a new toyota sienna or you're thinking about buying one guess what you are going to see everywhere you go Toyota Siena. You're like, oh my God, everybody drives. Toyota Siena. This is amazing. I'm making the best choice. I am so smart. This is amazing. Like, no, your brain is just going, hey, pay attention to all these. But it's happening in the background. You don't even realize it. It works with all kinds of things. But it also works with the emotional side, like beliefs. Your RAS will show you the evidence of what you believe. So if you believe this, let's say you believe that Uh, your uh, spouse is lazy. You are going to see that your spouse is lazy all the time. The more proofs you see, the stronger that you believe that it's true. And the stronger your belief is, the more likely you are to tell you that thing over and over again. So what do you believe? What makes up your mindset? Is it generally positive? Do you go through life? with a positive mindset? Are you thinking, uh, are you very optimistic? Are you always seeing the best in people? Always forgiving? Always just, uh, just, things are good? Oh, I know, he probably didn't mean to say it that way. No big deal. Or do you have a generally negative mindset? Do you hear things that never got said? Do you assume the negative? Do you walk into a room and go, I don't belong here. Nobody likes me here. I shouldn't even be here. I have no business being here. Why should I just, why did I even get out of bed? these things roll around in our heads so is it generally positive or is it generally negative i want you to actually think about this for a second what is yours we're going to talk through and the truth is if you even if you said you're generally negative or sorry generally positive you probably got some negative in there too because we all do because we're a bunch of broken human beings trying to figure out how to do life but today we're going to talk about some of the negative so I have three common negative beliefs, common groups uh, that go into your RAS and your mindset. And I break these down into three categories. The first is light. Not so big deal. Just some, some minor things. I'm always late. I'm bad with numbers. Uh, everybody uh, but me is a terrible driver. These kinds of things, right? Because we're the only one that's a good driver on the road. Is that true? Everybody believe? Yes? Yes? Thank you, sir, for that. Appreciate that. Everybody else is terrible. I am the best at this. They shouldn't even be here. Why well, I don't think it's just to ask me what to do, because I'm the only one that knows. And then you go on to the medium. Eh, it's not so serious. Uh, you, you always say this to you. I never have enough money. People treat me poorly. I'll never be a good employee. Okay, okay, it's not terrible. You're not in like a danger zone. Then there's the heavy stuff. God never comes through. Bad things always happen to me. No one could ever love me. These are the real things that affect our lives all the time. You get what you expect. What you believe, you will see. You get what you expect. So what do you expect? And this is going to take a little bit of work for me. I'm going to make you work. You can't just sit there and zone. Oh, you can zone out, I guess. I probably wouldn't know the difference. But if you, you're not just going to be able to sit there and just listen and go, oh, that's pretty good. I want you to actually think today. I want you to dig in a little bit. What do you expect? What do you believe? Is it good? Is it bad? The things you believe and focus on will inform your Raz, your mindset, what to filter. What Pastor John talked about it starts with the Raz and then it moves on to your thinker. Your thinker introduces ideas, asks questions. It's self-talk. It directs the next step, which is what your prover does. But your thinker is thinking thoughts, feeling feelings, and whatever questions you ask yourself will direct your prover and will direct your focus. Whatever you focus on will become real for you. So like I said earlier, even if everybody likes you, but you walk into every room believing that no one does, or that you're not likable, or that you're not good enough to be there, even if everybody likes or even the majority of the people like you, you'll never see it. You'll never feel it if you deep down believe that nobody likes you. This is why this is so important, because we walk around with these ideas that are false and even ungodly, and it affects our everyday life. So after your thinker moves to the prover, your prover is that, like Pastor John said, you're a hyped-up lawyer inside of you that's up late drinking too much coffee trying to prove you right. There's a part of your brain that's trying to prove another part of your brain right so you look good and feel good. I don't know why it works this way, but it does. And it's working again behind the scenes. It's like, oh, you, nobody likes this? Let's find all the stuff where nobody likes. That guy gave me a look. Oh, that guy, that girl's face is always negative and she always looks like she's mad about something, but she doesn't. like, but she's thinking that she doesn't like me. No, she was just, she has that face. Sorry, guys have that face, too. Um, but we walk around with this stuff, and our, and, our, and our prover is trying to prove us right. Your prover proves what your thinker thinks. This is why we've got to interrupt this cycle and interject God in the middle of it. Because if you can interject God in here, it changes everything it can stop those things from getting through and once your prover has proved you right it becomes part of your sort of permanent filter this all works behind the scenes what you Believe about God might be the most important thing about you. So, you know, we, we're talking about this again. You know, why, are we talking, why aren't we starting the scriptures? Why aren't we doing that? Why are we talking about this human stuff? This is part of us. This is part of who we are. And this affects our relationships. This affects how we think we view God. It affects how we interact with each other. It affects how far you get in your career because sometimes you just can't get out of your own way. I never get an opportunity. I never get the raise. I never get the. Uh, the door never opens for me. I'm always overlooked. I'm, ne- I'm a failure. I fail at everything I do. You're saying all these things in the back of your head. Your minds, What you believe in your mindset shapes everything. And it's especially true when we look inward at what you believe about God. And what you believe about God might be the most important thing about you. Because if you're not right with him, if you don't believe him to be who he says he is, if you don't know the Bible, if you haven't read the Word, if you don't know these things we believe the wrong stuff we choose the wrong stuff one of the things that's so prevalent right now is people you know pulling apart christianity and god and jesus well this doesn't make sense and well he couldn't possibly send any anybody to hell because he's love and it's like ah look i don't know i don't have all the answers but when you start pulling apart the bible and just picking out the parts that you want you're making up your own god and that's the scary place to be i want to be rooted in the word of god That we have believed for centuries that this is the true, uh, believable, uh, solid word of God. That's what I want to base my life on. So what you believe about God is the most important thing about you. Or at least one of them. You're either always seeing the good things about God or you're missing them. Because God is always good. You're either always seeing the good in God, or you're missing them. It's not that, well, I, if I don't see it, he, he must be bad. No, sorry. He's good. He loves you. He is love. He created you for relationship with him. He's good, and he loves you, and he likes you most of the time. <laughs> right? I'm not, I'm not perfect. Um, I'm glad he is, though. Um, so we've got to believe, we've got to see the good in God. Because if we're not seeing it, we're just missing it. And I think this is what keeps us from breakthrough. This is what gets us stuck. And we can't get past it. We can't get the breakthrough we've been looking for, the closer to relationship with God, the thing at work. It's, there's mindsets, there's stuff in the way. There's things that have set itself up between us and God. And for some of you, myself included, your mind has you convinced that I'm not lovable. God doesn't like me, and he never could if he really saw everything. Or I've gone too far, what I've done is unforgivable. I'm not worthy of being loved. Or I've been away from God too long, I, I can't, I can't, I can't do it, I can't come back. I want to tell you that those are not things that God told you. There is an enemy of our soul that is after us. He comes to kill, to steal, and to destroy, and he's the one that lies to our minds so we won't see the good that God has for us. So we won't be what God has called us to be. It's why it's so important to spend time together worshiping, praying and listening, reading the word of God. This is why you need a good foundation to stand on. The devil is constantly trying to drag you out in the middle of the sea in a storm. You have to have your feet planted on the rock or you will be drowning. So what does this mean? It means that we have to build a solid relationship with God so that when the storm comes, we're not drowning. That we can stand firm and believe in the midst of difficult times, simple things: reading the Bible. That's it. You don't have to read whole chapters and have like books all over and like concordances, and you're like going through all that stuff. Like if you could just, if we could all—and this is myself included—it really is. If we could all just read a couple of verses a day, truth is coming in. It's really important. If you could do more, great. Spending time praying and listening. You want to know what my prayer time looks like? Sit down. Uh, I got some coffee. Uh, uh, and then uh, I'll put on like, some kind of like, soft like, uh, background music or whatever. And then I'll uh, pray a little bit. And then I'll get distracted. And then I'll daydream. And then I'll think about something else. And I'll get up, totally forget that I was praying. And then I'll go, oh, wait, I was praying. OK, let me sit back down. Yeah, no. And repeat. It's because I'm human. And I, I'm all over the place. I'm thinking about I got stuff to do today. And my kids are whatever. It's okay. I love one of my things that I've just recently. got, I'm almost forty. Uh, I'm almost forty. Young and thank you, sir. I'll be honest with you. I didn't think forty was gonna hit me because I was like, oh, I got my wife, I got kids, okay, cool, everything's okay. But look, like, man, that, that thing is sneaking up on me, and it's like, hey, <laughs> it's almost half over. It's coming. But it's, been a, it's actually been a good thing. I'm like kind of looking at my life just like, okay, well is this, am I doing everything I want to do? Because right? if not, there's things I still want to do. It's time to do them. In fact, it's part of the reason I'm standing in front of you today. Because I realize this is something I used to do more often and, and like sharing and, 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 and teaching and preaching and um, something I wanted to do and, and actually took a step and uh, talked to leadership and said, oh, if there's ever an opportunity, you think that I, w- I, could, fit a, I could fill a role, like let me know. And here we are today. So um, that's a mini tiny little lesson there. Go make stuff happen or share your life with others and, and see what God would do. Um, so yeah, 40 sneaking up on me and I'm all over the place. Uh, but my prayer time is up and down. It's all over. It's okay. I love daydreaming in my prayer time or in my prayer time. It sounds, it sounds so spiritual. Honestly, it used to like it feels so big and like, oh, it has to be like a prayer closet and I've got like scriptures on the wall and I've got like this, all these things, like prophetic words and all this. Like I sit in my chair in my office. Like doesn't have to be some big spiritual thing. All right, spending time prayer, worshiping, whether that's, you know, one of the things I love my wife did was she made us, made me, or convinced me. She didn't make me. She convinced me it was a good idea to have uh, a radio, AM, FM radio in the kitchen, uh, playing uh, a local Christian station. Number one, we have phones. Number two, we have a nice Bluetooth speaker that we just got for Christmas. Number three, I hate Christian radio. Sorry, try some of the songs. It's just too corny. Like, wake up, hey, everybody. It's like, this is a cartoon. (laughs) What is happening? This isn't real. Who talks like this? It still kills me. I'm still like, oh, gosh, guys, come on. But... As we talked more, I realized what she wanted. She wanted worship in the house. And I was like, "All right, that sounds uh, spiritual. All right, that sounds like a, I guess that's a good thing." So we did it, and we got it. And it just kind of, it's on like level three. It's like you could, you could easily have a conversation right in front of it. But there have been so many times that I am like washing a dish, and I have definitely don't feel like listening to worship music right now. And I'm washing a dish and something, and I hear the song, and just like, boom. Holy Spirit just hits me with something. And I'm like, oh, I need that. But I would have never, and I'm, I just wasn't in the mood to, like, go worship. And it's, it's 15 seconds, and I'm back to my day. And i was like, man, thank you, Lord. I needed a little, like, little pick-me-up, little something, something. So I love having that around. We have worship music playing in our house. Not all the time. We don't walk around our house. Like, we're very normal. Like, I don't know. Like, I think that sometimes we just think that, like, other Christians are like so amazing and perfect, and like listen to like we're, not that it's bad to listen to worship twenty four seven. Maybe we all should, but like I just it's not real life. Life happens, and you're out and about. And anyway, worship, prayer. All right, moving forward, you build your life with other people, build relationships, you share your life with other people, encourage one another. So going through, this, going through this list, we've got reading the Bible, spending time in prayer and worship. Uh, you have uh, relationships, encouragers. I think I might have skipped this verse. This, these notes will come a little later again. Um, relationships are a crucial part of working through, of walking through life successfully, doing the things God called it to do. I would never, I would not even, I would not be in this church I probably would still be a Christian, but without the relationships and the friendships I have made and God has blessed me with, I would not be here. I would not be standing. I honestly could be in a very, very dark place. The relationships in my life have been the things that have kept me going and encouraged me and made a huge difference. So Most of you know our family story. We have a son. His name is Judah. He's nine. He's downstairs playing right now. Man, our faith was tested. Perfect baby. They kept using the word perfect. Perfect. Perfect ultrasound. Everything looks great. Everything's amazing. Everything looks great. Perfect. Wow, we just joke about we have a perfect baby. Look at us. 24 hours after he's born, he's rushed to Children's Hospital from Batavia. 24 hours later, he's taken to strong. Day five of his life, open heart surgery. He's had two open heart surgeries since then. One of them, he got an infection after and nearly died. And I mean, like, as close as you can get. He said, more procedures and surgeries, I can't remember them all. I'd have to go through a calendar and sit down with a doctor. To fi- Honestly, they've had so many. Our faith was tested, and you don't know when it's going to happen. You can't predict it. You can't plan it out. Be nice. Like, okay, next week is going to get tough. I better get my spiritual stuff together. No, you have to, you just have to, you don't know when that stuff's going to happen, but It happens. It may not be as big or as bad, as crazy as that, but your, t- your faith will be tested. You don't know when. Jesus says, in this world, you will have tribulation, you will have anguish, and you will have trouble. You will. People are like, oh, I'm a Christian, why are things going bad? I don't know, Jesus said it, like he said it was going to, like why are you surprised? He walks with us during those times, though. thank you, Jesus, for your grace. But you don't know when you'll be tested you have to have a good foundation we need relationships we need people around us who when they hear us say something stupid and crazy go hey knock it off that's a you're an idiot sometimes i need to hear like yo you're being an idiot thank you friend i needed to okay thank you usually i fight back a little bit well no let me let me lay out why i'm right here let's just hang on one Two, yeah, okay. Uh, <laughs> but we need these people around us to go, hey, like you're, you're kind of being an idiot right now. And thank God I've had people like that. People that will give you a godly perspective in your situation. It will change everything. I want to give you three quick examples in our life. Kathy, I told you I was going to call you out. Here it comes. You did a great thing. Actually, I'm not going to really call you out. We were, uh, so there was a night, I just shared a little about our son. There was a night, uh, it was a very, very scary, scary day. The morning, he was post-surgery, things were good. I was actually driving here to play drums, and Liz called and said, Judah's got a fever. Okay, that's not a good sign. It usually means infection in this kind of scenario. So I turn around and go back. By sometime in the evening, it's getting worse and worse and worse and worse, and it's getting really bad. And they finally said, if you, look, if you don't, uh, if, if his heart rate gets to a certain point, or his uh, blood pressure, is that right, honey, his blood pressure, uh, if blood pressure gets to a certain point, we're going to have to step in, and we want to put him on a, a heart-lung bypass machine. This is, the last, this is the last thing we have. And honestly, he, may, he, might, not be, he might not make it on if we get to that point. Are you guys okay with us doing that? Of course, whatever we have to do. As we finish that sentence, a nurse comes up and says, we're there. It's, it's time. And so we left the room. went back to our room, which was in the hospital. Thank God for the Ronald McDonald House. That's a great organization to give to if you ever get the opportunity. Um, we stayed in, right in the hospital. We walked down the hall, stayed in our room. The peace of God met us there. Unbelievably just felt at peace. I should have been on the floor a mess. But by the grace of God, I think I fell asleep honestly. And that's, I mean, I think about Jesus sleeping in the, in the storm. That's a storm. Your kid, you, I left the room, I didn't know if I'd see him again. That's how bad, that's how, bad, that's how scary it was. I, remember I fell asleep. I remember waking up being like, shouldn't have been able to fall asleep. Thank you, Jesus. God's grace met us there. Well, we came back, they call us, and they say, hey, he made it through, come back and see him. Like, Thank you, Jesus. We go back and we open the door and there's Andy and Kathy. We didn't call them. We didn't, uh, uh, we, didn't, we didn't text them. We weren't particularly close with them. Uh, we liked them and know them and talked to them and all the time. We weren't having dinner every week or anything. Um, we had just put on Facebook, hey, please pray. Judah's going to do a major surgery right now. It's, 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 it's dire. I don't think we talked to them. I, don't, I think they left. I, I don't remember what happened that night, but I remember that people were there. And that meant something, and that carried weight. And I don't know if I've ever thanked you guys, but thank you. They didn't even ask, which is a risky move. It's a little bit, it's kind of bold if you ask me. Um, I don't know if I would have done it, but because of you guys, I might do that in the future if that ever happens to somebody else. Um, But they were there for us. A couple weeks later, Pastor Chris and Karen came to see us, and we were talking with them. Pastor Karen, they prayed with us. Pastor Karen gave us a prophetic word that carried us. It was a specific picture of us, not surprisingly in a storm, but where we were, how God had us. It was something that carried us. God gave us friends and relationships. Through them, gave us a prophetic word that was something that carried us through the the hardest of times. And a third example. So there's first emotional support from Andy and Kathy. Prophetic word from Pastor Karen. A few, uh, few months ago, Because of that uh, infection, Judah's uh, kidneys shut down. So not only did he have a heart problem, now he's got a kidney problem. He's been on dialysis for the last three and a half years. And he's been getting better. They've actually been improving, which is honestly a miracle. And we were two days away from actually getting, there's a tube that goes into his belly that we do the dialysis through at home. And he was doing so well, he'd been off dialysis for months, which is, again, a miracle. And two days before the surgery to remove this tube, they have him off dialysis for quite some time, maybe forever, two days before, I notice he looks a little big, his body's retaining water, his kidneys aren't doing what they're supposed to do. The surgery gets canceled. Two days away, and man, I was a mess. Uh, why? God, you know, all this stuff, all these emotions. And I call John. John and I, Pastor John and I have been friends for a long, long time. I call him and say, man, I just need to talk. He's like, what's up? And I told him, and I'm like, I, I'm feeling this, and I think this, and why this? And he gently redirected me. It was a little harder, I, but I needed it. I needed a little a light, uh, like, hey, turn this way. Like, oh, okay. That's, okay, yes, I remember. But I needed a relationship. I needed a friend in my life who could go, dude, I hear what you're saying. I understand why you feel that way. That's not what's happening. This is the truth. This is what God is doing. and This is what you need to believe. This is the truth. And I had to take that and go, you know what? That's right. And in that moment, this has happened several times. My situation changed not a bit, but I was different. That's what the Holy Spirit can do. That's what a relationship with God in your life does. That's what God can do with your friends to redirect you. Your situation doesn't change at all, but you are better. You are okay. We need people around us. We need these good relationships. Look, we're in this church together. We're not perfect. None of us. And I'm sure we all believe a few different things. But we've got to walk together. We've got to build relationships. We've got to stay together. It's not going to be perfect. It's not always going to be smooth. But we need these relationships. I love Jesus. You believe in Jesus. We believe in this Bible. Let's walk together. And we've got to do a better job of that. Of walking together, being there for each other. Uh, relationships have helped me in believing the truth about God. Whew. Good, Everybody okay. All right, we're going to skip through this next part real quick because I want to want to keep you forever. All right, back to your raz. So this is what happens, right? We have this. Let's walk through real quick how one of these beliefs makes it into your RAS, into your filter. All right, let's say you have a negative RAS, okay? Negative mindset, generally. And a bunch of bad things happen in a row. Actually, they we weren't all bad, but you didn't see any of the good because you have a negative RAS. And you, think and, you feel to you, and you think and you feel inside, maybe God doesn't care about me. And this is where the Holy Spirit should step in, but you haven't been spending any time with God. You haven't been worshiping, reading the Word, talking to friends about really what's going on inside. You're kind of closed off from God, and you miss the red flag. Now, with no red flags, that feeling and that belief starts to move on. It goes from your thinker and your feeler to your prover, and it starts to show you all the things. And you start to think in your head, like, maybe God really doesn't care about me, because you're only seeing the things that show you that God doesn't care about you. It tries to, your prover tries to prove it right. Your prover proves what your thinker thinks. So you start to see only the bad things around you happening, and you determine it's because God doesn't care about you. And this is where it gets scary. You're starting to believe the lie. And it's about to become solidified in your mind. It's something that you filter everything through, and it's happening in the background, and you don't even know it. But it's not too late. The Holy Spirit, if he still has an in in your life, whether you're talking to friends, sharing your life, reading the Bible, church worship, just praying, listening, or maybe you just have a radio playing Christian music in the background, the Holy Spirit still has an in in your life. You might catch it before it becomes part of your everyday filter, your everyday mindset. But for some reason, you don't see the red flag or you don't pay attention to it. And it becomes a belief. And now everything in your life goes through the filter and the mindset and the razz and the belief of bad things happen to me because God doesn't care. Now you have this established filter. And whenever there's evidence that God does care about you, you don't notice because your brain has been trained that way. And all you see is the negative. Let me give you an example of what your week looks like. Any, in, a given, in a given week, all these things can happen. All right, You can enjoy a day with friends, God answered your prayer, uh, you found a great deal in a car, snowblower doesn't start, uh, you didn't get the job you wanted, the Bills are in the top five in the NFL, I to the number one. Uh, the, uh, I know they didn't win the Super Bowl, but come on, they're one of the best. They're better than both those teams. Uh, the Bills didn't make it to the Super Bowl. You spilled your coffee, you found a new hobby, hobby that you enjoy, and you stubbed your toe. All right, bunch of things that happen. I got a slide for this here. It's the filter with the uh, brain and the Raz there. There it is. These are all things that happen in a week. But you didn't see any of the good things that happened. So if you go to the next slide, all those good things get grayed out and you just see the bad things. Because of this new the filter that you, that you developed, the evidence that, that there's, you don't see the evidence that God cares about you. never occurred to you that the things that didn't go well might be because God has something better for you. Sometimes God allows you to go through something with his grace, with his presence. He allows you to go through something in order to build you up for the benefit of somebody else. Honestly, we've gotten, this has been a huge blessing of our life, the, the things we've walked through with Judah. We have had so many people, I we were at a Chick-fil-A, like a, a half an hour from the hospital while this is happening and the family sitting next to us they keep looking at us like, they're looking at me for and, and hey we're we're praying for your son what what i've had people come up to me i've never met hey i just want to say you really encourage us your faith has been amazing and it's been encouraging for my life like what like that's crazy i'm not even tr- i'm just trying to survive here brother um, it's been amazing how God has used us. You never know when God will let you work, walk through something for the benefit of somebody else or to prepare you for the next season. But you don't see it because you just believe that God things the bad things happen to you because God doesn't care. This is just an example, by the way. I've said using this example, so put your own thing in there. At some point, you should have realized that what we're doing is wrong. We've got to take these thoughts captive. One of my favorite verses in the Bible for living a successful Christian life is 2 Corinthians 10, verse 3 through 5. For though we live in the world, we do not wage war as the world does. The weapons we fight with are not the weapons of this world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God and we take captive Every thought and make it obedient to Christ. This is what we must do. We must take these thoughts captive when we notice them. You notice something? It sticks out to you. Something that you notice in your life, even today. You've got to take these thoughts captive. So this is the fix. How do we? How do we get? How do we get better here? First, you must stay open to the Holy Spirit speaking to you. God has given us a defense strategy. We've already talked about pray and listen, worship, reading the Word of God, listening to sermons, and applying them. Right? We've all got to do better. We got to apply these sermons to our life, and sharing your life with friends, building meaningful relationships with the people around us, like-minded people. Ephesians four two, says, "Be completely humble and gentle. Be patient and bearing with one another in love." This is about unity in the in the in the body of Christ this is about relationships this that's the context around this verse of Ephesians 4 2 being humble gentle patient bearing up one another in love I I looked into this word bearing Uh, that's a weird word we don't really use that I'm like okay can I bear up with you what like that sounds that sounds weird no sir you cannot but bearing up this is what it means to hold up to sustain and to endure with how many you got relationships or friendships you got to endure a little bit Right? There's sometimes like "Mm, I gotta endure this brother today. Thank you, Lord, for this brother, but this is He's a doozy. This guy's a mess. Um, I've been, I've been the mess. Um, We've got to do this with each other. We've got to make the effort to bear up with one another, to endure each other, to carry and to hold. I am telling you, I can remember a time where things were so bad in the hospital. I remember where I was. I remember walking up the stairs, walking up to the room in the hospital, uh, going back to our, our, our Ronald McDonald room, and I remember saying, I feel like I should be on the floor in a puddle, but I feel like I'm crowd surfing. Why? Holy Spirit, His grace, but I knew that there were hundreds, there were thousands of people praying for us. I felt that, that literally carried me. This has got to be a part of our life. We've got to be there for each other. We've got to carry one another when we need to be carried. And sometimes you don't have to say anything. I don't think Andy and Kathy said anything to me. I don't remember. Maybe they did. Maybe they said some wonderfully encouraging words. I didn't hear it. I was too, my brain was exploded. Uh, But they were just there. And I think about Job's friends. Sometimes they just sat with them. They didn't have any perfect words. Sometimes they tried. They didn't do a great job uh, all the time. But sometimes just being with somebody. Makes all the difference. And that's great. That's how we move forward. That's how we have a good RAS going forward. Is we have these things in our life, these stopgaps, these, these, these uh, off ramps, reading the word, being close with the Lord, sharing your life with friends. But what happens if you have what do we do now? How do we fix the ungodly beliefs we already have? So as we as I move move towards the end here, I want to talk real briefly about how we fix the stuff that's broken. So first, I'm just going to list it. You've got to identify it. You've got to take it captive and bring it to Jesus. You've got to renounce this ungodly or belief or this lie. Ask Jesus to forgive you for believing it, and then find the opposite. What's the truth? What's the antonym of the thing you believe? and then write it down and speak it regularly. So I actually want to walk through this right now with you guys. So let's take a minute, take a deep breath. What is the thing? Just pick one. You can close your eyes, you can look out the window, you can sit back, just relax, take a breath. What is a negative thing that you have been believing? I want you actually to think about it right now. What is an ungodly belief that you hold? If you can't think of anything, ask God to show you something. I gave you some paper, I gave you a pen. I want you to write something down. What is a negative belief, an ungodly belief, a lie, uh, a negative thing about yourself? Father, come. Speak to us, reveal these things to us. Now we take this thing captive. And so, for me in my life, I when I have a, when I find something like this, I actually say, I, "I'll say Allah." I'll take this thing captive in the name of Jesus. And I picture myself—I don't know why I picture it this way. I, I didn't think it was weird until I started thinking about it this week. It's probably a little weird. But I picture myself taking this lie, this unbodied belief, by the back of the neck, and I make it and I turn it towards Jesus. And I picture Jesus standing there in all his perfect glory, power, love, and grace. And man, that lie can't do anything but melt and fade away. When the lie, when the ungodly belief, when the thing inside us faces the glory and the goodness and the love and mercy of Jesus, it can't do anything but melt. And I picture it fading away and melting in the presence of Jesus. And I say, God, I renounce this thing. I, 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 Forgive me, God. Forgive me for believing that you don't care about me. I renounce that belief, God. Jesus, forgive me for believing this lie. So let's just, just do that. You, can, you don't have to say it out loud. But God, forgive us. We, this lie, we believe this, this negative thing about ourselves, about you, about other people. We renounce it, God. We forgive us. Forgive us for, for agreeing with this thing. And now you take the opposite. So, what does the truth of God say? So, let's take the example we've been using. Uh, the, uh, the God uh, doesn't care about us. I know God cares about us. And I'll go find a bunch of scriptures and I'll say those scriptures. And then I write down the truth God does love me, and then, like, one scripture or some part of a scripture. And then if you can speak it regularly, say it out loud to yourself a couple times a day, two to five times a day for a minimum of 21 days, you're reprogramming this part of you. You've got to say it and believe it. You've got to retrain your brain, your prover, your thinker. Your RAS has to be retrained. And you can apply this to anything. We have to disrupt the plan of the enemy that has to keep us Isolated. You are not good on your own. You're not. You're not going to make it by by yourself. You're not good alone. You need people around you. You will go through storms in this life, but it will be your relationship with God and people that keep you from going under. So in conclusion, we have to have a better mindset. Two things need to happen, better relationship with God and better relationship with people. So how is your relationship with God? How is it with people? What do you need? What do you need? Again, I want you to actually think this through. What do you need? How is your relationship? Evaluate, audit it. Let's pray. Father, help us. Help our relationships. Help us to spend more time with you. Help us to see the ungodly beliefs that we hold. Help us to change our mindset, that you would highlight these things in our life, God, that you would put a red flag in it, that every time we think it, that it would no longer go unnoticed and happen in the background, but Holy Spirit, we invite you to come and highlight this thing, that as we say it, as we believe it, as we go forward in it, that you would say, there's something here, and that you would make us aware. Father, help us to shore up our foundations that we would spend more time reading the Bible, we would, that you would give us revelation, that you would speak to us in worship, and even throughout our day, Lord, that you would send uh, reminders throughout our day about your goodness, about your truth, about how you see us. Father, help us to build better relationships, that, we would show, that you would show us those we need to forgive, those we need to uh, uh, become friends with. Show us the relationships we need to fix. Bring us the people we need so we can do what you've called us to do. God, we need you. God, we need you. Lord, I thank you for what you've done, your word, your mercy, how you walk with us, how by your your grace is so great that even through our greatest mistakes and bonehead moves, you still love us and you still send people to help us and you still are there for us. Thank you, Lord. Let these things be real in our hearts. Let your truth reign in our hearts. So these uh, our negative thoughts, negative patterns would change. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name, Amen. Before we close, I want you to write down something you can improve, a relationship you can work on, because it doesn't just work for your relationship with God or what you believe about yourself, but it's your coworkers, it's your it's your friends, it's your leaders, it's your teammates. You believe these things about other people. They've made a bad impression. Now that's all you can see is their negative side. We've got to start seeing the positive. So write something down. What about your relationship with God needs to change? Or write a few names of relationships you need to work on. Or maybe you need all new relationships. Maybe all your friends are a mess and only pulling you down. Let's make change. Let's not leave it here in this room. God Give us what we need. We thank you for your grace. Please be with us as we go about our day and our week that this would affect our lives and bring change. We thank you for your goodness, Lord. We thank you for your goodness, Lord. Amen. Thank you, guys. God bless you guys. Before you leave today, talk to somebody. Unless you got to go. That's okay. If you really got to go, it's all right. But if you don't, talk to somebody. Make a, build a relationship. Spend two minutes to build a relationship. Thanks, guys, for listening. Appreciate you. Have a great week.